Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Encrypted. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Hans Christensen, who is Vice President of DTEC. Hans, can you please say hi? We have a couple of very interesting news articles to go through this week. Uh, a lot has been happening in the market and we'd, uh, we are very excited to share with you. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I'll let uh, Hans uh, introduce himself and tell us more about DTEC. Okay, so uh, just for those of you who don't know uh, DTEC, DTEC is the Dubai Technology Entrepreneurship Center. It's the wholly owned department uh, fostering innovation and entrepreneurship for Dubai Silicon Oasis. And my job there is basically to overlook the uh, six pillars that, that we are focus on, focusing on there. The first and the, the biggest is uh, the co-working space, mm -hmm. where we host some in excess of uh, 800 startups. Wow. Uh, we have um, the uh, DTEC events and learning, where we... Uh, Offering all different kinds of, of courses to uh, to startups, to entrepreneurs, and uh, events. We do a, a host of different events on blockchain, AI, uh, IoT, and, and whatnot. And then we have the DTEC Acceleration, where we have the Smart City Accelerator, and uh, the Interlock. We are hosting the Interlock uh, Incubator with Emirates Airlines. Uh, DTEC uh, services, services all around startups, and uh, DTEC corporate, corporate innovation, which we might talk about a little bit more uh, today. Um, and uh, then, uh, yeah, so in, in all, it's uh, six pillars, which all cater towards uh, supporting entrepreneurs and, and startups. Great, amazing stuff. Just before we get into the actual news articles, um, I mean, being at the center of uh, the ecosystem of entrepreneurship and how startups operate and function and basically start up, um, what's your view on the startups that have to do with the world of blockchain? I mean, are you getting uh, visibility on these new startups that are focused on blockchain? How are things being developed there? Being a huge fan of uh, blockchain myself. Great to hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I have in the market, whenever I'm, I'm speaking and uh, doing public speaking, I, I get into talks with a lot of startups and I try as much as I can to attract these startups to come and, and join us in, in DTEC. Um, so what I, we have seen the past over the past several months is there's quite a few uh, blockchain companies that have started in, in DTEC. Uh, Noteworthy is uh, Arabian Chain. Okay. Uh, Mohammed Al Saidi is uh, quite well known in, in, in this area now today, um, and many other uh, very interesting startups, mainly focused on DLT, uh, distributed ledger technology. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now I see that the it, it's really uh, growing at a very strong rate, and uh, I can also see that the uptake in the market has uh, has increased. So more and more of these startups actually do deals in Dubai and that means Dubai is slowly accepting and adopting the, the this new fantastic technology. And um, are these deals, I mean, specific to government, private sector or from both? I would say they're all over the place. 
uh, not all startups have the stamina to, uh, uh, to to do a government deal mm-hmm. because they tend to take a little longer. True. And, um, there's a lot more, let's say, hand-holding in, in, in the process. Um, so we, we see that it, it could be private. Uh, we, we see there's more and more corporates that are interested in uh, get, you know, attaining the knowledge. And so they're learning from a lot of these startups mm-hmm. how actually to do it. But there's also other startups um, like uh, uh, Black Gemini, which are really uh, professional out there who can do uh, bigger deals uh, and really service from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Z. Um, yeah, no, so we, we see this all different kinds of deals happening right now. But we, as a government ourselves, have two projects uh, going okay. on, of which one has already been published some few months ago. Mm-hmm. And it deals with uh, putting the uh, what's it called the license, which is commercial license. Commercial license. Uh, maybe I forgot to say that we are a free zone, so yeah. our business is to license people to do business. Uh, so uh, as a as a first step uh, toward creating a minimal viable ecosystem, we have put the license on blockchain, mm-hmm. and of course we would like to put the rest of the company process on blockchain, but that's going to take some time. Yeah. And then hopefully other free zones, the banks, perhaps the immigrations will follow suit and um, join the DED, with whom we have done this project, and mm-hmm. that's Smart Divine, um, in coming on this network. So it really, so you, so you really harvest the benefits of this fantastic technology. Okay, and um, I mean, like you said, you mentioned a couple of entities working together to to bring this project alive. I mean, how far along are you when when it comes to the deliverable to having this minimum viable product up and running? Yeah, so the uh, let's say the technology itself, the the base, the two nodes, one with us, one with DED, uh, the the private permission network is already standing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's quite a few other things that need to come in place before you can roll it out uh, and uh, and uh, really uh, use it in, in in a better way. Um, that is something that is still needs to be uh, uh, to be done. Absolutely, absolutely. And what was the other project that you mentioned? The other project is, kind of, is is dealing with smart contracts. So mm-hmm. you know helping uh, putting the rest of the process on to oh okay to the, to this and as you know this process is quite complex and involves many stakeholders true but i would say um, if we dream ahead a little bit the interesting part is how will it look in let's say in a couple of years when it's up and running uh, basically you should be able to set up uh, set up your company in a very short time without any questions, without doubting anything, with full transparency. And everybody else that's part of this network will have the luxury of having immutable, uh, transparent information on the person that is setting up the company, which is to a, a huge benefit for everyone, all stakeholders. So, uh, Hans, is there any special kind of strategy to to support these startups that are looking into blockchain specifically or 
Uh, as a matter of fact, there is. Uh, we, um, as I mentioned before, we have the Dubai uh, Smart City Accelerator, mm-hmm. um, and uh, one of the verticals within that space is, in fact, uh, blockchain. So the first, the first cohort that uh, we had last year, uh, there were two companies of the ten that dealt with with blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which was uh, Doc's Wallet, which is doing quite quite well. Now um, we have looked into the space from an investment point of view. Uh, we uh, and I didn't mention this before, but our sixth pillar is DTEC Ventures. Mm-hmm. So we actually can invest off our balance sheet, and we have invested in some 21, 22 companies over the past couple of years. Um, so there is actually venture capital uh, that is to be had from from uh, DTEC as well. Obviously, we're not never going to be the biggest, uh, mm-hmm. but we're definitely a player. We know what's going on in the market. Uh, so that's another way we can, we can support uh, startups with funding. So you can actually like play the role of VCs in some kind of projects that you that Absolutely. passes your filters. Absolutely, we yeah. have invested with uh, Wanda, Biko, uh, MEVP, the other okay. guys in, in the market, and we also very much like to look at new deals all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of investing in blockchain, I mean, I have to say we would restrict ourselves to to something uh, that has to do with DLT, uh-huh. neither mm-hmm. crypto. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still too <laughs> it's early for that. I mean, everyone is taking like a, a very careful stance into that. Yeah. And it's also good that uh, to know that this is also what, what you guys are, are yeah. positioning yourself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving, moving to our first piece of article, which is a very interesting one. Uh, and this is coming from Cointelegraph. Uh, so basically it says Coinbase, which is the U.S. largest crypto exchange, is actually considering launching crypto ETFs. I mean, just a small recap, um, ETFs are exchange-traded funds. So it basically says that it's basically a concept of abstracting the, the underlying asset and having more retail consumers getting into that space. So having, and I mean, for those people who are persistent and who, who followed us in a couple of episodes, uh, a couple of previous episodes, you know that we've talked about how ETFs, I mean, eight proposals of ETFs were rejected from the SEC in the States. And then they revoked that announcement and said they will look into it again. So having Coinbase position themselves into that is also um, very reassuring for the market. And it seems like the potential in that domain is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And what makes it even bigger is that they partnered with BlackRock. So this is a very, very large asset manager group um, with the, the portfolio of $6 trillion. Um, so that is very uh, interesting as a concept. So what do you think, Hans, I mean, in, in the terms of ETFs and how this will help the crypto market in general? Yeah, I, I love the way um, journalists are, are you know, packaging uh, these articles. On the one side, it sounds great. On the other side, uh, it doesn't sound so great. My, <laughs> my personal view is that um, these uh, ETFs that have been, uh, let's say, they have been 
the approval has been postponed, I, I would prefer to say. Yes. Reject, rejected is a, is a little bit a hard word uh, or harsh word. So I think, um, and it, it mentions actually in the article that uh, it could be that they will be approved later on. Yeah. So I just, I just think this is part of the due diligence. I think it is perfectly okay to be careful uh, in, in a market like this uh, that is so, so new and already quite a few investors have been hurt. Uh, let's just take it step by step. But having one of the world's largest asset managers with uh, $6 trillion, um, entering in this market to potentially with uh, Coinbase, which is one of the big names in this area, I think that's a very positive, uh, it's sure. very positive. I mean, the article does not share a lot of information. It just says that these conversations are being held. And it doesn't even say that if it's, in, if it's an ongoing of effort or something like being yeah. reported for a one-off thing or something. Yeah, no, it's actually <laughs> it's interesting how they're just alluding to something that might have happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because it's a very speculative market, these kind of news have a, have an impact, a noticeable impact on how the market is volatile and, and the effects. Um, but the article does share a piece of information, is that uh, an actual fact, for, uh, for instance, saying that Coinbase, uh, back in, in August, they announced that for any new investors, they're, they're lowering their index fund annual management fee. So from 2% to 1%. That also gives an indication that that might have been done because an ETF would lure more retail customers. So in order to capture that market, you need to lower down your fees because that's not something that everyone yeah. can manage to. But I think that's something that's happening across the market and has to uh, happen across the market. And um, so I think this, this is just symptomatic market in its early development um, yeah. and uh, yeah so th this is something I expect to happen across the board actually. yeah and and there's a lot of talk being said like, like you said I mean the, the the essence of the market is kind of accepting the fact that sooner or later ETFs will be approved it's just a matter of when and there's a very strong feeling behind that and having Coinbase and BlackRock into this maybe and I guess they will be smart about it over, um, I mean, letting the, the news about the previous ETFs fade away and then getting a better position before applying for an ETF proposal. Absolutely. Now, I think as, as you have more and more players coming in the market that uh, have different kinds of solutions, just as we saw in the, in the Internet era, where everybody was scared that the Internet was not safe enough. Sure. Uh, you know, there was a solution that came out, uh, like McAfee and, and so on. And we will see solutions also coming um, for, for this space. Mm -hmm. As we find the loopholes, we need to sure. fill the gaps. We need to make it more secure. Um, and um, yeah, so I think um, if, I definitely think the ETFs will be approved at some point. It might take a little more time. Um, and when they do, hopefully it's, they have reached a stage where uh, it is safe mm -hmm. and, and uh, nobody gets hurt. That's, that was that's all. Yeah, that was actually exactly the reason why the re quote-unquote rejections were put in place and saying that there was not enough assurance 
of uh, these in these proposals to assure that there will not be fraud or manipulation or um, taking opportunities of the investors or the yeah. retail consumers. There's uh, some very great uh, startups out there that, that are moving the needle in terms of, let's say, KYCs and uh, making it all safer. Uh, one is called Securency, uh, which uh, I think there's, a, there's some guys here in Dubai that's involved with that. That's really cool. Um, and, um, and and as they are talking to the stakeholders, the, the, the top stakeholders in, in the U.S. and elsewhere, I'm sure they can they can you know move the needle in, in the right direction, and uh, so I'm very hopeful that you know this is just there's always the skeptics and yeah yeah <laughs> and especially in this kind of market yeah um, there, there's a lot of people who, who will stay on the extreme sides of things yeah. but I feel like the majority are kind of going through the flow and trying to experiment and getting the best out of things yeah. yeah. Okay, so moving on to the second uh, news article that we would like to cover today is, and it has to do a lot with the current state of the cryptocurrency market and, and what it went through over the past one, or one week or so. So the story goes like this is that Goldman Sachs, uh, probably the world's biggest investment banking, I would say, investment bank uh, group, uh, they, they've announced earlier that they were establishing a crypto um, trading arm. And, uh, and that, of course, drove the market upwards. And then the, the news recently was saying that they abandoned that plan. And because of that, um, and that, happens maybe, uh, that happened maybe by 6th of September, which is like two days ago. Because of that news article, the, the, the overall market capitalization of cryptocurrency markets took a big plump, losing $12 billion in just one hour. So that's how speculative the market is. And then just one day, or even in the same day, uh, an, an official from uh, Goldman Sachs, which is actually the CFO, Martin Chavez, he went out and saying that this news of Gold, Goldman Sachs pulling out of that uh, concept is actually fake news, as he quotes it. So, so now the, 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 the market is into that, um, uh, that idea is that this whole thing is a manipulation act. Um, and because it happens a lot in the cryptocurrency market, it's very interesting to see what different uh, parties think of this. So what do you think? I think there's people uh, that are making money on both sides. Uh, there is the ones that are, will make money every time uh, the, the price goes up or down. And there's a, the people that are going to make money when it's stable. Yeah. And it could be that they're <laughs> fighting each other in this, in this case. Uh, but, uh, you know, it would be pure speculation from my side. If, uh, I have no, in, you know, uh, thorough insight into if, if this is really manipulation or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I do recall, at, you know, when when uh, when uh, Goldman Sachs and it initially came out with the news that they were going to do this, that it, it it was also like let let's let's wait and see, let's see are they really going to do this, and mm -hmm. uh, and then suddenly they they pull the carpet under us and say no, they or, or Bloomberg said that they were not going to do yes. it. Yes, yeah. you know. It, 
very often uh, the, uh, the third third party that are that are saying what, what is happening or what is not happening. So I, I think one has always have to be really careful uh, in when you interpret the news and really mm -hmm. uh, dig deeper and maybe wait it out and see. What, I'm more for the stable. I, I, I like this this more yeah. stable economy. I think there's more money to be made that way than if it's uh, very volatile. volatile yeah. Usually it's only a, a few people that make money when it's a very volatile market and the masses of people uh, who would like to enter this space, they would like to see a more stable market. And I hope, I really pray that it goes in that direction. Yeah, we all hope that. I mean, like you said, a lot of, um, a lot of people or investors are making the I mean, the best use of this opportunistic approach of playing on the volatility of the market, which might benefit them or a very small group, but it's actually hurting the technology, it's hurting the market, it's hurting the progress of this whole thing. Um, there, I mean, a related piece of news article says, actually, and I mean, there is no evidence to say that this was a manipulation act or not, but there is one news article coming from CoinRath saying actually that there was an investor who pulled out 10,000 bitcoins just before that announcement. And that equates to around 74 million at that time before taking the plump. So, I mean, there are some, some I mean, acts being done on the crypto market just to state that, but it's not hard evidence. Yeah, I think if you look at the, the trading volume <laughs> yeah, all along it's, it's you know people are pull, you know investing and pulling out constantly uh, maybe it has something to do with we are approaching 911 uh, and uh, the conspiracy theories are oh yeah <laughs> up again. I, I think I, I simply think that a lot of corporates will be uh, announcing if they're going to move into this or not and they're going to make their you know get their experience and um, very symptomatic of a, of a normal um, innovative space. There's going to be people making mistakes. Um, there's going to be, uh, you know, news reporters that are getting the story wrong. And, um, and it just remains to, to, to be seen uh, over time, um, which uh, which stakeholders and uh, which players are going to stay and which are going to pass on and, and, and not uh, continue in this space. True. And I, and I really like what you said. And, and it's, uh, you have to be very careful in um, interpreting the news because you never know the intention of that news being leaked out at this certain point of time. It could be something to do with manipulation. It could not be. I mean, this is just like a speculation. This is just a guess. And uh, but 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 the market is very much speculative. It's very much volatile. So if you're in it, you have to, to to kind of understand how things work. And it's not just a matter of uh, reacting to any kind of news article and so on, because they are different intentions behind these. And also, we need to remind ourselves: uh, whenever a new technology comes out, then there will be there are thousands of people who. Um, go at it and a lot of them are doing it uh, doing the same thing and that's definitely not sustainable so a lot of these um, you know hundreds, hundreds of startups will not survive 
uh, over time. And, and they should, because we don't need that many in, in just one space. Uh, True. To take an example, uh, today there's only, what's, uh, I don't know, five or ten uh, auto uh, makers in the U.S. But when the car came out, uh, at one point there were hundreds of uh, car makers in the U.S. Anyone wanted. Everybody wants to make a car. Just to get onto that, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, uh, today we see there is a few giants left. Yeah, that, that's a very um, uh, common cycle in any kind of industry or technology. It always starts with a very hype, with a big hype, and then it starts to flush away and only the real people with the real projects stay along. And I guess that's also inevitable when it comes to even blockchain. Okay, so that brings us to the final point piece of article that we would like to cover today and this is coming from Coindesk and it actually has to do with IBM uh, who actually announced the death of a new blockchain payment system uh, in partnership with Stellar Networks uh, and they call it the blockchain world wire. I mean this is very similar when it comes to the domain of what Ripple is doing. So Ripple is another blockchain based company. I wouldn't say blockchain based company. I mean they are there are um, a company who are looking into this domain a lot and they're offering a lot of payment solutions that are based on blockchain. They are productizing a lot of their solutions as well. So IBM decided to, t- to go into that market and which means that they're going head to head with Ripple as well. So and uh, Ripple is of course getting a lot of tractions. There are a lot of banks already signing up with their products and so on. So I guess that would mean now the job of banks is becoming even more difficult in order to choose what would be the right product for them. But in general, payment processing, payment transactions, clearing of payment in cross-border transactions and so on is is being done in a much more efficient manner using these products. So what is your, your take into that? Well, I think it's very comforting news because uh, I remember in, the, in, in the, a little bit earlier days, days uh, the, the first speeches uh, that I made and I would go up on stage and say well I think maybe banks are not going to be here <laughs> in the future. Uh, and they're getting into blockchain as well yeah, yeah, so. yeah no, in, in our family we have bankers so <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's, uh, our family is going to be out of a job so <laughs> I think um, it's, it's very comforting to see that this very important uh, you know sector uh, is finding its way using the technology mm-hmm. um, and this technology will you know ultimately um, help the uh, or, or you know be a, of benefit for the bank's client which yeah. is which is great true uh, that there is uh, more options in the market that IBM steps in I think that's great uh, because I, IBM obviously is a, is a giant worldwide giant and uh, they have uh, you know since decades, many decades, um, had banks as clients. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, it's just natural that they see there's an opportunity here and um, give uh, Ripple some competition, uh, some sure. healthy competition. Sure. Uh, but also, I'm very happy to see that, that, that the banks are adopting this. I mean, it's, you know, let's not forget that um, Switzerland is, is, a, is a country full of banks and yep. they have, you know, compared to, uh, to many other countries, said, no, we really want to be part of this. Yeah. Uh, if you look at uh, Kantong Souk in Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, 
they have uh, some 200 blockchain companies, uh, their startups there today. And they also have the Crypto Valley as Absolutely. well? The mayor of Souk is very um, friendly mm -hmm. toward blockchain companies. He said, better watch exactly what it is they're doing mm -hmm. and uh, make sure that the banks are part of it. Then they're being left out because they would not, they're too afraid or they don't want to innovate. So, uh, no, I, I think this is great news. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, it's been a while since I've, I've heard a very um, positive, you know, view on, on the stand of banks when it comes to this entire <laughs> ecosystem because everyone in this domain seems like pointing fingers towards the bank being saying that you will not be in business in a very short time, you know? You are rightfully said so. But it, it might be worthwhile even checking or... Or, or exploring the opportunities of how to bring that very important piece of, you know, um, stakeholder into the the, the the entire ecosystem. And and I guess this is what they are doing as well. Yeah, exactly. And they're involved as much as they can. No, I am absolutely not against banks being disruptive. I think that's only very, very healthy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's... But, it would be great to have some more transparency. We all know that we are sending money somewhere to a, from one bank to another bank outside the we country. We have no idea where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know exactly where that is. Yes, yeah, I mean, and you speak on behalf of a lot of people as well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, that's a very um, optimistic way of looking into things and how banks will be involved. I mean... I mean, as a technology, it, it originated from that sector. The fintech sector and financial sector is a very key player into that ecosystem. And seeing a lot of banks being ad, um, adopting this technology and so on, it just gives more and more reassurance on the technology side of things, but it also gives it more and more assurance on where the, the future is, is bringing us because everything will have some sort of... Um, uh, efficient way of doing things using or utilizing that technology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope, Hans, you enjoyed it as well. Very much. Thank, thank you very you. much for being with us. And don't forget to subscribe to our channels. We are now on iTunes podcast. We are now on Snitcher and Fireside. Uh, do leave us a comment. We'd love to hear your feedback and evolve based on that. Um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Give us a follow on that. And hopefully we'll see you very soon. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encrypted. We hope you've enjoyed it. We are on a mission of making blockchain an inspiring reality. So we thank you for supporting us on this journey. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help the show a lot. Thanks for joining us.